السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله أما بعد All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayh Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends And upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time So alhamdulillah last week we started with our book Usul Thalatha The Three Fundamentals of Islam and inshallah bi idnillahi ta'ala we will be carrying on with our second lesson tonight so the author he says wa dalilu qawlu ta'ala bismillahi arrahmani arrahim wal asr inna al insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihati wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bis sabr so author he says the proof for these or for this and I've included in brackets the four Masail those four Masail that we discussed last week so he says that the proof for this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's saying and he recites Surah Al-Asr so Bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the name of Allah the most merciful the the bestower of mercy wal asr by time innal insana lafi khusr that verily or indeed mankind is at a lost illa alladhina amanu except those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa amilu salihat and those that do or perform righteous deeds and those that they advise one another to the truth and those that advise one another towards patience. That is Suratul Asr. So here we find, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, that this wow, right, this wow is known as a wawul qasam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes a qasam by time. And we as human beings, we cannot take an oath except by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, we say wallahi, we say billahi, we say tallahi. We take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An ibn Umar, anni sami'tu Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama yaqul, مَنْ حَلَفَ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ Ibn Umar Ibn Umar was the son of Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu anhu who was the second khalifa of Islam and he heard a man taking an oath and this man said that I swear by the Kaaba Ibn Umar he said to him that indeed I heard the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say that مَنْ حَلَفَ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ That whomsoever swears by anyone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ That he is a polytheist. That he has indeed committed shirk. This hadith is found in the Sunan of Imam Abu Dawood. And the ulama, they explain that this is minor shirk. So shirk is divided into two. As we will get onto this a bit later or in next week's class. But shirk, you get major shirk and you get minor shirk. So this is referred to as minor shirk. Another example of minor shirk is the concept or an issue known as showing off doing things for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala an example someone he makes salah so there's no one in the musallah there's no one in the masjid and he makes salah all of a sudden he hears somebody else entering so what does he do now at the start he had the intention of maybe reading surah al-ikhlas 
and read in Surah Nas. But now because he sees or he heard that someone has come in, two or three people have come into the masjid, he decides to read Surah Al-Baqarah. Extend the rakat. He extends the sujood. He extends the ruku. Allahu A'lam, what is his intention? But the ulama say that this is a form of riyah, of showing off. One of our teachers in at, at the Islamic University of Medina, Jazawullahu Khair, and he taught us Kitabu Tawheed. I think this was in Kitabu Tawheed was divided into two semesters. I think he taught us in our second semester. And we did the chapter on Riyah, on showing off. And the Sheikh even he, he brings the example of someone. That this person, he is involved in the Sunan fasting. So he's fasting on a Monday or a Thursday. Now this is between him and Allah Azza wa Jal. But he comes to someone else. He meets his friend on the road. He doesn't know that this friend of his is fasting. The friend doesn't know that the other one is fasting. Whatever it might be. And the guy that is fasting, he comes to him and he says, you know what? Come join me for iftar now. He says this could fall into riyah. Because this is something which is a sunnah fast. No one knows that you are fasting. So why invite someone else? Why tell someone else? You don't know if he's fasting as well. So why call him in the first place to say, come let's go eat for iftar. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions that indeed mankind is at a loss. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using the word al-insan and the al here is used for istighraq meaning everyone is included. Like for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the opening chapter of the Qur'an, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin. That all praise. Al-Alamin. This is Al-Istighraq as well. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that the whole of humanity, all of mankind is at a loss except for four. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ Except for those who believe, believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, and they perform righteous deeds, and they advise one another towards the truth, and advise one another towards patience. So we want to look at the link between this surah and the four masail that we discussed last week. So, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا This refers to knowledge, or this is where the sheikh took out, that this is knowledge. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ The second one. This has to do with action. And we mentioned this last week. That a person, he cannot have knowledge, but that he needs to implement this knowledge. Number three, that one needs to call to this knowledge and the action. Does not suffice that I sit in a class. Does not suffice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted me the opportunity to study. But we don't call Allah we don't call people to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to have patience on this da'wah. To have patience first of all in seeking knowledge. To have patience in doing one's actions. And to have patience in calling people to this da'wah. Then the Imam or the Shaykh he says, قَالَ أَشَّافِعِيُّ رَحِمَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى لَوْ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ حُجَّ عَلَى خَلْقِهِ إِلَّا هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ لَكَفَتْهُمْ He says that Imam al-Shafi'i rahimallahu ta'ala Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him. He said, Had Allah azza wa jal not sent down a proof to his creation other than this surah, suratul asr, it would have been sufficient for them. So had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not sent the other 113 chapters of the Qur'an and He just sent Suratul Asr, this would have been sufficient for us. Imam al-Shafi'i rahimallahu ta'ala, he was born in the year 150 and he passed away in the year 204. Imam al-Shafi'i rahimallahu ta'ala, he was born in Palestine. Imam al-Shafi'i rahimallahu ta'ala, he was born in the year 150, and this was the same year that Imam Abu Hanifa passed away. So there is a bit of a story that goes around, where they say that Imam al-Shafi'i, he met Imam Abu Hanifa. If Imam al-Shafi'i was born in the year 150, and Imam Abu Hanifa passed away in the year 150. Could it have been that he met and that he took knowledge from Abu Hanifa? Something to think about. So knowing these four principles, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it will bring happiness, it will bring success, and it will bring content to one's life. Imagine, you practice just on this one surah. A short surah, but it is extremely profound. A surah that explains to you that you need to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something we will touch on in the next few weeks. You need to do actions. You cannot just say that I believe. Inna ladina amanu wa amilu salihat. You cannot just say that I believe. In numerous places, Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions with belief, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ That one needs to do righteous deeds. You need to make salah. You need to perform hajj. If you are by the means, you need to fast in the month of Ramadan. Pay your zakah. Be obedient to your parents. Etc. Etc. And the Quran and the Sunnah on a whole. If you look at the whole Quran from Surah Al-Fatiha right until Surah Al-Nas, if you look at the Sunnah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you will find that it contains these four Masa'in. So the Shaykh Rahimallahu Ta'ala, he did not come with something new. He did not just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to dis- I discovered four Masa'il, let's write the book, Usul Thalatha, and we move on. No, this is something that he obviously thought about. He read the Quran, he read the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and this is where he wrote his book. وَقَالَ الْبُخَارِي رَحِمَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بَابُ الْعِلْمُ قَبْلَ الْقَوْلُ وَالْعَمَلُ وَالدَّلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِهِ سورة Muhammad. فَبَدَأَ بِالْعِلْمِ قَبْلَ الْقَوْلِ وَعَمَلِ Imam al-Bukhari Abu Abdullah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him He says that He begins and he says the chapter Right? Bab So Sahih al-Bukhari if one opens Sahih al-Bukhari, you will find that Imam al-Bukhari, rahimallahu ta'ala, he would have a chapter heading, which is called Babun, right? A chapter. So for example, his first chapter will be Badul Wahi. How Wahi came down, how Wahi was revealed. First hadith in his book is, Innamal Amalu Biniyat. And many of the ulama, they say if you want to know the fiqh of Imam al-Bukhari, then you look at his chapter headings. So you will have a chapter heading. For example, knowledge comes before speech and action. Then you will either bring an ayah or you will bring the 
a hadith in his chapter. So he says that knowledge comes before speech and action. The proof for this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's saying, So know, fa'lam, that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And seek forgiveness for your sins. So he began by mentioning knowledge before speech and action. Abu Abdullah, Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim al-Bukhari. Al-Bukhari, this is where he came from, from a place known as al-Bukhara. He was born in the year 194. He passed away in the year 256. He said that knowledge comes before speech and action. Before I can speak on a particular mas'ala, before I can do a particular action, what do I need? I need knowledge. And we touched on this a bit last week as well. For someone to make salah, he walks in here, he sees someone else making salah. He just follows actions. But to really get or understand his salah, he needs to do what? He needs to learn how to make salah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, فَعْلَمْ So know, أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ So know that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah Azza wa Jal. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ And seek forgiveness for your sins. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beginning with knowledge. فَعْلَمْ Know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Fa'lam. You need to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning you need to have knowledge first. Wastawfir li dhambik. So now, seeking forgiveness, making istighfar is an action. Understood? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he encourages us. فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا That seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For indeed, He is the one that forgives. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is narrated, is a hadith found in Bukhari and Muslim, that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would make istighfar up to 100 times a day. And yet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was who? He was sinless. He was ma'asum, like all the anbiya. But yet he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. As a lesson and a reminder for all of us. The shaykh moves on and he says, I'lam, know my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, rahimakallah, annahu yajib ala kulli muslimin wa muslimatin. That know, may Allah have mercy on you, that it is wajib upon every believing male and female to learn and act upon three things. Right? تَعْلَمْ هَذِهِ الْمَسَائِلَ الثَّلَاثَةَ وَالْعَمَلُ بِهِنَّ So, it is compulsory. To learn these three masail that we are going to look at for the next eight weeks. These three masail, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, will be questions that will be asked in your grave. Who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or who was your Lord? Who was your Prophet? Right? Who was this Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? You need to know who he was. And what is your deen? What deen did you follow? <coughs> did you follow the deen of your forefathers? <coughs> did you follow the deen of Islam? Were you a Yahudi? Were you a Nasrani? This is a question. Three questions. If not the most important questions of your life. And unlike a worldly exam, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Right? 
You don't know the questions before you entered into that examination room. Right? Someone became a doctor, someone became a lawyer, they wrote matric exams, whatever it might be. He studied, yes. But that moment when he walks into the examination room, until he gets his paper, he's just sitting there. I wonder if they're going to ask this definition, I wonder if they're going to ask that. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is telling you, he's explaining to you, he's giving you the question paper. All that we need to do is answer it correctly. So here we find that the author he uses the word ta'allum. Here, if we look at this word, it means to take knowledge. Take ilm from the ulama. Take ilm from the students of knowledge. Take ilm from the du'at. This is important. It is important, first of all, to take knowledge from people that are known to be people of ilm, that are known to be people of knowledge. Sometimes in life we find that someone who just comes across Someone who dresses in the garb of the scholars, dresses with a big turban, has a big beard, wears a thobe, and he thinks that this is a learned person. And he sits with him and he expects to gain knowledge, only to find that there's no beneficial knowledge. The next important point with regards to knowledge, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, one needs to memorize and one needs to understand ilm. This goes hand in hand. A person cannot just memorize. So for example, Alhamdulillah, he's memorized the Quran. This is good. He's memorized a hadith. This is good. But he, with, that goes with this memorization is what? Is faham. Is understanding. One needs to understand the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One needs to understand the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the ahadith. And this is why Ibn Taymiyyah rahimallahu ta'ala, he said that learning the Arabic language is wajib. It is compulsory. People need or they need to understand the language of the Quran. The next point. Reading a book or listening to lectures, this does not suffice one's knowledge. This does not suffice one to be a student of knowledge. Because sometimes reading a book or listening to a lecture, there's no interaction, there's no asking of questions. It can lead to what? To the next point. That in our times that we live today, we find that people do not sit with scholars or students of knowledge and this in itself causes confusion at times because they don't understand the Masail properly. So instead of asking someone where they could have sat in the class, asked the teacher, they just sat, they listened to the recording and Alhamdulillah, this is how life went on. But maybe they misunderstood a certain concept. So someone else comes to him. He explains this concept. And this reminds me of a story that one of our teachers narrated to us that there was a group of students and what happened was that they decided they were going to open Bukhari. And every hadith that they came across they were going to act upon. So Alhamdulillah, it's good. So they opened Bukhari and they came across a chapter that says that you must kill the dogs in Medina. So they read this hadith and they went out and they started killing dogs. The next day they read the next chapter that you must kill dogs and certain dogs you don't kill. Then they realized they made a mistake. So that's why it is important to sit with a teacher. It is important to sit with ulama or with students of knowledge. And this through the barakah, through the blessings of a teacher and student relationship, one will understand these masail. So the sheikh, he moves on immediately to the first 
And he says, Al-Ula, Anna Allaha khalaqna wa razaqna wa lam yatrukna hamala. Bal arsala ilayna rasoola. Faman ata'ahu dakhala al-jannah. Waman asahu dakhala al-nar. And the Shaykh carries on and he says, Wa dalil qawluhu ta'ala, Inna arsalna ilaykum rasoola. Shahidan alaykum kama arsalna ila fir'awna rasoola. Fa'asa fir'awnur rasoola. Fa'akhaznahu akhdaw wabila. Suratul Muzammil. He says the first thing, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He provided sustenance for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He did not leave us neglected. Rather, He sent a messenger to us. So whoever obeys Him will enter paradise. Whereas whoever disobeys him will enter Jahannam, will enter the hellfire. The proof for this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's statement that indeed verily we send to you a messenger to be a witness over you just as we sent a messenger to Fir'aun, to Pharaoh. But Fir'aun what did he do? He disobeyed the messenger. And which messenger was sent to Fir'aun? Nabi Musa. So we seized him with a severe punishment. <coughs> My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, mankind, human beings, we were created from nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْئًا مَذْكُورًا هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ Drawing our attention, has there not been over man a period of time when he was nothing to be mentioned? Was there not a time, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, when no one knew us? We were not even a thought. No one knew there was going to be fulan and fulana. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ كَذَلِكَ قَالَ رَبُّكَ هُوَ عَلَيَّ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that so it will be your Lord. قَالَ رَبُّكَ That it is your Lord. This ka is for you. It is easy for me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that it is easy for me. Certainly, I have created you before. When you had been nothing. So this verse is referring to what? That on the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will resurrect us. And... This will even be easier for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created us from what? He created us from nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, أَمْ خُلِقُوا مِنْ غَيْرِ شَيْءٍ أَمْ هُمُ الْخَالِقُونَ Were they created by nothing? Or were they themselves the creators? A question to who? To those that believe that there is no ilah. To those that they believe that there is no Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Were they created by nothing? Or were they themselves the creators? A question that they need to answer. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He provides sustenance for us. He is the provider. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلَمْ يَتْرُكْنَا hamala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave us neglected. أَفَحَسِبَتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقَنَاكُمْ عَبَثَ وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ Do you think that we had created you in play 
without any purpose. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just create us for no particular reason? Or did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create us for a reason? وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ And that you would not be brought back to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking. Did I create you just for mere play? Just so that we can enjoy life? And that you would not be brought back to us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala posing that question. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this leads us to the next question. Why were we created? From the sisters. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create us? Naam. Right, okay. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ insa إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I created not the jinn kind and human beings except that they should worship me alone. This is the purpose of life. Many people, they are going to come with you. They are going to come speak to you. They are going to tell you, you know, my beloved brother and sister, the purpose of life is to earn your first million at the age of 20. The purpose of life is to go on a holiday every year. The purpose of life is to have a beautiful house, a beautiful car. If you have this, Allah has granted that to you, alhamdulillah. But the purpose of your life is what? To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains, this is why I sent you. I sent you on this dunya for what? I only sent you for a reason that you worship me. You don't worship any other deity except me. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this dunya is a place of action. It is a place of doing deeds. Once you pass away, these things stop. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, إِذَا مَاتَ بْنَ آدَمْ إِنْ قَطَعُوا عَمَلُوا إِلَّا ثَلَاثَ That when the son of Adam, when he passes away, all his actions is cut off except for three. What are those three things? Beneficial knowledge. Sadaqatul Jariya and a righteous son that makes dua for you. Alhamdulillah. Right? So the dunya is a place of action. The akhirah is a place of what? Of reward. You will either enter paradise or we will either enter Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from Jahannam. The disbelievers, they believed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for nothing. And they said that there is nothing but our life of this world. We die and we live. And nothing destroys us except time, ad-dahr. And they have no knowledge of it. They only have conjecture. So this is the kuffar, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Speak to the kuffar. Speak to those that don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what happens. They enjoy life. Right? For them, ad-dunya sijnu mu'min wa jannatul kafir. Or kama qal alayhi salatu wasalam. The Prophet peace be upon him, he said that this dunya is what? That this dunya is a prison. For the believer. And it is a jannah. For the kafir. And this is exactly what they have. They have a jannah. They have paradise. They have a beautiful life. 
And the sad thing is that if they don't have a beautiful life on this dunya, then what? <laughs> right? They lose way. They lose on this dunya and they lose in the akhirah. Allahumma And the next point I would like to highlight here is that many of our brothers and sisters, right? Our Muslim brothers and sisters, they have fallen into this trap as well. Let's enjoy life. We only live once. Right? What's this? YOLO. You only live once. And December times or so, just do what you want to do. Right? Holiday, festive season, let's just party. And this has fallen into the Muslim Ummah. It has crept into this Muslim Ummah. And many of us, we have lost the purpose of life. Goes back to the verse. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا Then the author, he mentions and he says, بَلْ أَرْسَلَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا فَمَنْ أَطَاعَهُ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ وَمَنْ عَصَاهُ دَخَلَ النَّارِ This teaches us that when or that we need to follow the Prophet, peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man salla alayya salatan sallallahu alayha biha ashra. That whosoever sends one salutation upon me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sends ten salutations upon you. So whenever we hear Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we should repeat, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he blesses you with ten blessings. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he says in another hadith that the miser, the selfish person is he who when he hears my name, he does not send salutations upon me. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, messengers were sent to teach us how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And worship is known or it is this is what worship is. What is tawqifiyya? Naam? Restriction of what? Taib. Right? So the brother he says that tawqifiyya is a or it is restricting our worship to that which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us. This is tawqifiyya. And this brings us to our hadith. An Aisha radiyallahu anha qalat. Aisha radiyallahu anha was the youngest wife of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She said, Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fahuwa rad. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. That man amila, that whosoever does an action which is not of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it will be rejected. Man ahdatha fi amrina, hadha laysa minhu fahuwa rad. In another narration, man ahdatha, that whosoever introduces something into this deen of ours which was not from this deen, it will be rejected. Ay fil fil ibadah in worship. So why am I saying in worship? Because this throws out the concept of someone coming to you. So you speak about bid'ah, right? So now I tell you, leave your car. Give me your, you give me your car. You go ride a camel, because that's what the Prophet ﷺ did, right? So go ride a camel. Go live in a tent. Sleep on a straw mat? No. Because this is fi amrina, yani fi dinina, in our deen, in our religion. As for worldly matters, you want to use a cell phone, you want to use a laptop, you want to use a camera, this is fine, there's no problem. But as for your ibadah, for how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, for example, salah, Sallu kama ra'aytumun muni usalli. 
He says about Hajj, Khudu anni manasikakum. Cannot come here. Stand on one leg for Isha. Make seven rakaats. Cannot do that. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught us how to make salah. Cannot go to the Kaaba and make nine tawafs. Right, circumambulate nine times and I say that this is a tawaf. He taught us how to make tawaf. So like this, all types of ibadah is tawqifiyah. Up until your dua. Inna dua huwa al-ibadah. Or kama qal alayhi salatu wa salam. We'll touch on this a bit later. That your dua is ibadah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, May yuti'ir rasoola faqad ata'a Allah. That whosoever obeys the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has indeed obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَنْ تَوَلَّ And whosoever turns away, فَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ عَلَيْهِمْ حَفِيظًا Whosoever turns away from Allah, Whosoever turns away from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then we have not sent you, O Muhammad, as a watcher over them. Over who? Those that turned away from this deen or from following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. An Abi Urayrata radiyallahu anhu qala, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, من أطاعني فقد أطاع الله ومن عصاني فقد عصى الله أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه يسيد that Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم informed us that whosoever obeys me whosoever follows Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم has obeyed Allah and whosoever disobeys me so if it disobeys Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has disobeyed Allah and whomsoever obeys the leader in fact obeys me this is referring to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and whomsoever disobeys the Amir the leader has in fact disobeyed me muttafakun alayhi we mentioned this last week Bukhari and Muslim Sheikh Rin carries on and he says, وَالدَّلِيلِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى That, إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ رَسُولًا شَاهِدًا عَلَيْكُمْ كَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ رَسُولًا فَعَصَى فِرْعَوْنُ الرَّسُولًا فَأَخَذْنَاهُ أَخْذَوْ وَبِلًا And we translated this verse earlier on. The next point, he says, الثَّانِيَةِ That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أن الله لا يرضى أن يشرك معه أحد في عبادته لا ملك مقرب ولا نبي مرسل والدليل قوله تعالى وأن المساجد لله فلا تدعو مع الله أحد. الشيخ then says that Allah is not pleased with anyone. Been mixed into worship with him. You cannot mix ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with something else. See this later. Neither an angel brought close nor a prophet that was sent. The proof for this is وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدَعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And indeed the masajid, they belong to Allah. So do not call unto anyone along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second mas'ala is attached to the first mas'ala. As the first mas'ala dealt with worshipping Allah and following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the meaning of the shahadatain which we will touch on in a few lessons time. The second mas'ala here discusses the mixing of shirk with our worship. Right? Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now, and then worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala later on. What is shirk? The word shirk in the Arabic language, it means taking a partner, regarding someone as a partner of another, 
in the Arabic language Ashraka Bainahuma. He joined them together. That's why in Arabic a company is called a Sharika because it is of people joining together. When he regarded them as two of equal status or he introduced another into his affairs when he made two people involved in it. In terms of the Sharia, Shirk means ascribing a partner or a rival to Allah in his rububiyya worship or his asma wa sifat, his names and attributes. A rival is a peer or counterpart. Hence, Allah Azza wa Jal forbids setting up arrivals with him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he condemns those who take them as Right? The rivals as gods. Instead or besides Allah. And this, my beloved brothers, you will find in many verses in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, فَلَا تَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادَ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Surah Al-Baqarah. Then, فَلَا تَجَعَلُوا Do not set up any rivals for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In your worship while you know that he alone has the right to be worshipped. But if they had joined in worship others with Allah, all that they used to do would have been of no benefit to them. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أبو هريرة he mentions that Allah سبحانه وتعالى's messenger said Allah سبحانه وتعالى he says this is known as what type of hadith hadith Qudsi right hadith Qudsi is the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he says that Allah سبحانه وتعالى says a question. Hadith Qudsi. Are all of them sahih? Yes or no? Quickly. Are all the Hadith Qudsi sahih? Yes or no? Who says yes? Put up your hands. Right? So the answer is no. Not all a Hadith Qudsi are Sahih, some of them are Hassan, some of them are Da'if, some of them are even fabricated. So he says that Allah says that I am the one who is most free from ones of partners. He who does a thing for the sake of someone else besides me, I discard him and his polytheism. This hadith is found in Sahih Muslim. Then the author he mentioned and I translated this earlier, neither an angel brought close nor a prophet that was sent the proof for this المساجد That the masajid they belong to Allah so do not call unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, you will find people that they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they pray and they fast during the month of Ramadan. They fulfill the acts of worship. Right? So they make their salah. They pay their zakah. They go on hajj. They go on umrah. they good Muslims. <laughs> but they call on Fulan and Allan. Right? They call on Abdul Qadir Jilani. They call on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They call on Badawi. What do I mean? So when they make dua, when they seek assistance, when they seek help, they call on other than Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ 
اجیب دعوت دعی ددعانی فلیستجیب لی ولیؤمنو بی لعلهم یرشدون This is what we are supposed to be doing. That when my slave, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ That when my slave calls, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Then say to my slave, O Muhammad, that I am close and I am near. Right? Not in a physical sense, but Allah's knowledge is near. And that when they call unto me, I will answer them. There is no need to call unto anyone else besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I end off with a small narration. Right? Sometimes people, they come to you and they say, you know what, these things that you are talking about, this is far-fetched. This maybe happened with the Quraysh. But you don't find people today right? calling unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of of our teachers, Sheikh Abdul Razak, the son of Sheikh Abdul Musin, Hafizahumullah Ta'ala, may Allah preserve both of them. He narrates one day that he was sitting in Masjidun Nabawi. And they were making, or he was sitting and the person next to him was making salah. So obviously in his salah he reads Surah Al-Fatiha, he reads the Surah and he comes down. He finishes his two rakats, he makes salah. After the salah, he says, Madad ya Rasulullah. Right? He calls unto the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He calls unto others, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making dua to a saint as well. So the Shaykh, after he makes his dua, whatever, he speaks to brother, asks him where you're from in the broken Arabic, whatever. And then he obviously explains to him that in your surah to Fatiha, you recited إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ When you were in Tahiyyat, you said أَتَّحِيَّاتُ الْمُبَارَكَاتُ أَنْتَلْ ذِئِنْ أَشَدُوا أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِنَ اللَّهُ وَأَشَدُوا أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ الرَّسُولُ اللَّهُ But in your dua, you call to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you know that dua is worship as well? So this is the point that I made earlier on. That they pray, they fast, they pray, give zakah, they give sadaqah. Right? On the outside, good Muslims. Walakin, but, habitat a'malu. Their deeds become null and void because of this action of shirk. And inshallah, we'll end on this point. Next week, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we will carry on. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayka.